0: You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host, Micah from Fifth Quarter and Dan from ACC Content. Dan, big day, big news here in the ACC. The updated 2020 schedule with dates has come out. We're still missing a couple teams games uh, at UNC and Clemson, But other than that, we've got a schedule. We kind of know what we're getting into. So let's kind of dive right into that. Dan, looking at the schedule, anything that kind of stands out to you?
1: Man, I'm just, you know, now that I see a schedule, there's actual dates, there's actual teams on paper, um, and when they're playing each other, like I'm finally starting to envision a season actually happening. Yes, it might be false hope, but, you know, September 10th, that's the first day of the ACC season, so I could start counting down the days. I believe it is 35 days from now. Um you know I haven't gotten a chance to really hyper analyze every single team's kind of order of their schedule we did each team's opponents on the last podcast but I did check out the of conference games or at least the ones that are official at this point um I think we're pretty good to almost win out um Georgia Tech and UCF that will be a tough one but you know, most of them are group of five teams. So um, I think we should be pretty good on the out-of-conference slate. That was really my first thought.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it seems like a lot of these teams kind of decided to stick with one of their non-conference opponents. Really, no one picked up anybody new. Old Dominion settled with Wake. We're not settled, but decided on Wake course after at State and Wake kind of talking through it and realizing that, you know. It makes more sense to play that game when they can sell out the, sell out the stadium so that one made sense it's good for uh, you know wake to pick up another home game i'm sure old dominion was like we're not going to be able to have many fans anyway so let's just get some money from you guys um virginia keeping vmi was interesting to me but again that makes sense especially when you're trying to save an in-state school like vmi who's you know season is still in jeopardy being an fcs program uh, i like that that we were kind of right about Syracuse keeping Liberty. You made that point. That was a good point. Obviously, you can see they're keeping Liberty. Most teams, like I said, are pretty much keeping their out of conference. You know, NC State with Liberty. um, Virginia Tech with Liberty. So Liberty (laughs) is almost the Notre Dame of the ACC that before they joined the conference fully, you know, they're picking up some ACC teams as they go. I've heard Liberty's name thrown around, too, for UNC and for Clemson. But I think Clemson's actually going to stick. As long as the Mac plays football, because there is a big – talking point that the Macs not going to play football, but if they do, um, I could see Clemson grabbing, Akron still keeping that game, and I know UNC's in the talks with UCF um, to kind of make up the 2018 game that was canceled due to the hurricane that came through, at, that was supposed to be in Chapel Hill, but if not, then, you know, UNC will probably, you know, maybe JMU's talking, you know, we really want to play you guys if I'm UNC, I really don't want to sign up for that game, but, you know, you could stick with that one or you know, pick up an ECU or, you know, someone a little bit more regional. So that'll be interesting to kind of see those two, two names kind of fall out. But again, the rest of the schedule is pretty much stayed the same. Of course, the, the UNC or the Duke game against Charlotte got moved back, which I'm not too surprised for a lot of these other conference games, kind of stayed the same. The Virginia game got moved up a day, but I mean, that's about it on that front with VMI. So something to kind of just keep, keep an eye on, um, you know, moving forward. Um, I kind of, there's some teams we talked about, I think, that, you know, when I'm looking at the schedule right now, you know, we're like, oh, this schedule's brutal, Wake Forest being one of them. The way the dates have kind of moved out has kind of made it a little bit more feasible. You know, Wake Forest will, you know, they'll go open the season at home versus Clemson, which is not ideal, but I guess you might as well get them out of the way and hopefully maybe catch Clemson, you know, a little rusty. That might be the best way to kind of pull an upset and go into NC State and then hosting Notre Dame. So in, you know, three in three weeks, they play the two best teams, which is kind of nice for a week because it kind of gets those games out of the way, and you can kind of focus on the more winnable games. They'll get a bye a week after those three games and really gear up for ODU, Virginia, Virginia Tech, um, Syracuse on the road. And then they get a bye again to prepare for UNC, which is obviously huge, Duke, Miami, Louisville. So I think Wake Forest's schedule just got a little bit easier from what we first looked at. Um, that's probably one that really stood out to me. I think Virginia Tech's schedule is not as bad as it looked like it could have been. Catching Clemson off a a bye week and end the season. I also do like Virginia Tech hosting, yeah, hosting Virginia in week two. That's an interesting one. I'm sure we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But Virginia Tech, NC State to start the season is kind of fun. I do like that. So it'll be interesting to see there. Looking at the schedule, Dan, have you seen any teams that maybe have benefited a little bit more from the way the schedule's played out or maybe been hurt by it? Um, the only one I can think that could maybe be hurt is Georgia Tech because they really didn't get much easier um, kind of getting thrown in with, you know, five week after the Notre Dame game and Florida State UCF back-to-back just to start the season. Those are less than ideal ways that, to open a season. So, um, and then I know Clemson kind of benefited from getting Virginia. Uh, off a of buy, as well as Florida State off a of buy. It's interesting that they they went with Florida State off the buy, and they didn't find a way to give them the off the buy for Notre Dame. But it looks like Notre Dame's going to be playing four games before the Clemson game, so really I guess it kind of plays out fairly. But what are your thoughts,
1: Dan? Yeah, I completely agree about Wake Forest. Um, you know that first stretch of the season, they play Clemson and Notre Dame within the first three weeks of the season, but. We're probably not going to win those games anyway. So why don't you make that first stretch brutal and that sandwich with NC state in the middle, which I think they should win on the road. That might be tough, but um, yeah, the order of the schedule kind of benefits them a little bit. They don't really play like two really, really tough opponents in a row. I do look at that end of the schedule with, um, with Miami and Louisville, that's kind of tough, but you know, it's going to have to be, with that way with so many tough opponents on their schedule. But yeah, with Wade Forrest in terms of the order, I think it helps them out a little bit. Another team I looked at that really benefited from this was Virginia. Um, you know, you said that Clemson gets a buy before the Virginia game. Virginia also gets a buy before the Clemson game. They also, um, their arch rival Virginia tech, they get um, eight days to prepare for that. And, Before that, they're only playing VMI, an FCS opponent, while Virginia Tech opens up right away with the ACC. And, um, you know, I'm looking through the schedule, not really a really difficult stretch with two road games in a row. Um, Even even UNC Louisville, that's probably their toughest stretch, two of the top teams in the ACC. But they get an extra day, I believe, in between those games. So um, Virginia benefits from this. Wake Forest benefits from this. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about that I really noticed is that it seems like week three or four, every team gets a bye. Is that kind of a contingency plan or did it just kind of work out that way?
0: It seems like it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously there's a couple of teams. I think there's, you know, week three or four, everyone's got a bye. The the whole point of that is if if the season needs to be pushed back a week, the ACC of the Power Five is the earliest starting Power Five conference. Um, everyone else, you know, was looking at September 19th or later start date. So I think that's kind of why that's there. Um, just, you know, like I like you said, you know, contingency plan in case, you know, they've got to push every game back a week or week one games back, which would be very interesting because, I mean, I, I would think, that Virginia and Virginia Tech would, like, agree to – like, for example, if we can't play on the 12th of September, I would not be surprised if Virginia and Virginia Tech agreed to move their – like, move that game to the open day and then move, you know, back the VMI and NC game for those two teams respectively. But you could possibly see them say, screw it, week one for them, Virginia-Virginia Tech, which I'm sure as you're uh, – being a Virginia fan and, you know, I've seen even from the Virginia Tech side – on Twitter this morning that
1: I don't know if either
0: one of these teams will want to open this season Um, with Virginia having a little bit of question at quarterback. I think you're still in good hands, but worth a question. And then, of course, with the Virginia Tech, you know, a little bit of just, you know, overall, I mean, with Caleb Farley sitting out and just so many, you know, all the transfers and stuff, obviously they're returning a lot of starters, but there's still a lot of question marks about, you know, how ready Virginia Tech is, especially with all the drama going on about the workouts and everything like that. Right now, Virginia, thankfully, you know, has been quiet in terms of there hasn't been a lot of uh, complaints or issues on how Virginia has been handling this COVID-19 filled season. So um, that could be interesting to kind of keep an eye on as well. But um, yeah, that's kind of why that's built in is just so they can move the conference games if need be back a week. That's why a lot of these teams do have conference games to start the season um, just because again, it gives them that flexibility to kind of move things back and, like you'll see Miami's open week on the 26th, sorry, that would be, that's the 26th. That'd be the ten three, right? Yeah, so um, in October 3rd, that's also the uh, scheduled open day for UAB. So that's part of the reason why that's there, too, is to kind of give that flexibility as well um, on that front. So I think that's kind of what you were looking at. Another team schedule I kind of want to talk about, I know we talked about how UNC kind of got the luck of the draw. But I will say, I do appreciate the ACC throwing the last two games of the season for UNC. Granted, they're coming off of a bye to prepare for Notre Dame, but I do like that the last two games of the year aren't going to be easy. Um, probably their two toughest teams, um, just being in the fact that Notre Dame is probably the better team, uh, best team on the schedule, and then you throw in, of course, Miami on the road. And some, <laughs> there was somebody I was talking to on Twitter, and Dan, I want your want your thoughts to see if I'm right, but I feel like if there's any team that's going to be able to recreate home field advantage this year, it's going to be Miami. I don't know if you've ever been to a Miami game. I don't think you have, but um, you know, of course the jokes that no, no one attends the games. Well, Miami stadium is always so loud because they pump in so much noise. I mean, they used to doing it with the dolphins too. So they're going to actually have very close to home field advantage. I mean, you can never hear the marching bands or anything at Miami anyways. So honestly, it's going to be, probably the closest home home game replicated situation in the ACC. So um, that's something to kind of keep an eye on because, you know, it could actually give Miami an advantage down the stretch. So that's something that I, I, I did notice. I mean, UNC schedule is still fairly easy. But I do like that probably their toughest stretches of games, you know, Notre Dame and Miami are back-to-back. Virginia Tech and that Florida State back-to-back. So I do like that at least, you know, for the way their schedule looks At the beginning, it did get a little bit harder um, for the Tar Heels, a little bit more challenging. And, you know, if they pick up UCF, it could make things a lot more interesting if they stick with that. You
1: know, I think home field advantage, by the way, is it goes a little bit farther than just the noise too. Like the fact that, you know, you get to sleep in your own bed or, yeah, um, you don't have to travel. You have, you know, practicing on your own fields and you don't have to worry about all that. So I think home field advantage goes beyond just the noise too. But I completely agree on the UNC schedule. Um I'm really excited for that second to last week against Notre Dame. Uh that's prop that could decide who will be the second team in the um championship if we get there. Um don't want to be a Debbie Downer like that, but you know, so I'm very excited about that. Um UNC schedule I still think plays out pretty. Easy, the fact that they get to avoid Clemson, and the fact that they're one of the better teams in the ACC, and I believe the only team, the only top tier team in the ACC that does avoid Clemson. Actually, no, Louisville doesn't play Clemson either. So, you know, those two teams we could see down the stretch. I think Louisville will kind of decide early; they're tested more early on. They um have Notre Dame, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Pitt earlier in the season, so we'll kind of see where they're at before they finish against Syracuse, Boston College, and Wake. But, yeah, overall, I'm just, you know, really excited about how the schedule has played out. And um, I'm just excited for, you know, I'm finally seeing ACC football happening.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. I'm actually I'm on the opposite realm. I feel like this is, again, just a ripping off of the fan. I'm more of the pessimistic type. I don't want to get my hopes up, so I'm just going numb. I'm focusing on playoff hockey and, and, and Major League Baseball right now to kind of get me through uh, what would normally be the um, anticipation of, you know, three weeks up from the football season in, you know, early to middle August. But um, one other note I do want to make that I just realized, like staring at the schedule while you were talking, Pitt doesn't have an open date until week eight which is interesting. I just now noticed that, which is kind of funny because week eight would be NC State's last open week. So Pitt's going to start the season with seven straight games. And overall, it's kind of it's tough for him, to be honest. Like Pitt, I think looking at Pitt's schedule, the way it has played out, I haven't, again, fully broken down everybody's schedule. But it looks like Pitt may have gotten the toughest draw on top of, you know, everything that, you know, happened with the new schedule. You look at it, they they play, like I said, those seven straight games. And the last two of those seven are at Miami and then they host Notre Dame. So again, hosting Notre Dame is helpful, but it's still probably the second best team in the conference. And then you're going to Miami, which, you know, I already made that, the feel about it's going to be very similar for Miami for home field advantage. Plus, I think Miami, you know, is a good team. I don't think they're, you know, Derek King is going to you know, win the Heisman or anything like that, but um, so that's something to keep an int- keep an eye on. And then, of course, they end the season with an open week before the ACC championship, which is also interesting because their last two games of the season are at home versus Virginia Tech and at Clemson. So, really, I mean, Pitt's kind of getting, getting screwed a little bit with, I would say, arguably their four toughest games. Maybe if you swap Louisville for Virginia Tech, that would be a little bit tougher, but I mean, other than that, your four toughest games are, you know, they're paired up and back-to-back. So, you know, for a team like Pitt that, we, you know, both of us are fairly high on, it's definitely – definitely just made the Narduzzi squad a little bit tougher to navigate a potential chance to get to the AC Championship game because I don't like when you have to play the top teams back-to-back, which a lot of teams got to avoid. So, again, if you're going through the schedule – I know we've kind of broke down our, our ideas of, you know, wins, losses, everything like that as a conference, as a whole, you know, we've seen how the PAC 12 is doing their scheduling. We've seen how the big 10 has announced their schedule. Um, the SEC hasn't announced dates yet, but we kind of know who those matchups will be for the most part. I want to say the ACC of the power five schedules. We know is the best. I, I genuinely, and this is not just me trying to be biased. I'd love, you know, as someone that's a diehard fan of the group of five who, you know, has every mini football helmet of the group of five and will spend his Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights watching Maxion, Conference USA, AAC, Mountain West, you name it, I'm doing it. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff on Friday night to watch San Jose State and Colorado State. I'm going to watch it. Um, I'm very happy that the ACC has, you know, stepped up to try to, you know, give these teams, it may not be as big of a money game as it normally is when Capacities and stuff like that, but keeping their contract Miami with UAB, Miami Ohio with Pitt, you know Virginia VMI. I love that. I love to see that. I think it's good because it gives these teams. You know, we talked about with the Virginia Virginia Tech game. It's nice that Virginia has a chance to you know test out both quarterbacks against VMI. So I think it's beneficial on both sides. I really love how it worked out. Louisville kind of has it the same way with Western Kentucky before Miami. So. I love it. I love to see it. I like that we have the Georgia Tech UCF matchup. That's probably one of the more interesting matchups that we had going into non-conference. That the ACA had a chance of winning. I mean, no offense to you know the Virginia Georgia game. I didn't really like Virginia's chances in that one. Um, so I think that's I think that I think the ACC did a great job with this. I like you know having the two built-in open dates as well as technically a third if you if you consider the fact the ACC championship game can be moved back a week to the 19th of December. So, overall, I, I like the way it works. I don't know about bowl eligibility, but I, I think in the end, these the teams just want to get through the regular season first. So, I mean, at the very least, as no long as the claim bowl games, I mean, I, I don't know if that means the end of the Virginia Tech bowl streak or not, if, it, if there's no bowl for them to go to. But, um, you know, I think that overall, the ACC did a great job with this schedule. I think, you know, the teams that we talked about that were get, kind of getting screwed with the matchups, they kind of gave them a little bit better of a, a break. And then it seems like, you know, UNC, whose scheduled when we first looked at it, we kind of made the joke it was a Weenie Hut Jr. conference schedule. At least they've kind of put, you know, back-to-back matchups together that makes it a little bit tougher to end the season. And we see that as well with, you know, with Notre Dame and as well as Pitt. So definitely something, you know, to consider. But what are your thoughts, Dan, on just the, the conference as a whole? How do you think they did? Did they, you know, does it stand out to you? Do you think they've done the right thing?
1: I'm going to completely agree with you. I think I just love how we decided that, you know, we're still going to play these out-of-conference games. We're going to, um, you know, we're not going to be like the Big Ten, the SEC, and just cancel it all together. We're, you know, we're going to do our best and kind of abide to these group of five, these independent schools that need our help. And um, I think it's great because everybody loves out-of-conference games. Consistency gets boring. So I think, out-of-conference games are just great, so I'm happy we did that. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of chances for, I think, a vastly improved ACC to prove themselves because I just think that most of these games are just lower-level group of five to FCS competition, so, you know, there's that. But I I definitely just like the concept of us still trying to play these out-of-conference games, and I'm sure they could, you know, doesn't work out and we kind of need to play in an ACC bubble we could always just cancel them so yeah I'm going to completely agree with you I like how the ACC schedule has played out as a whole
0: yeah awesome <laughs> that's 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 awesome I'm pretty excited to think that we might actually have a chance to play some football so anyways Dan I appreciate your time I'm glad we were able to kind of chat up and just kind of go through the schedule we we'll- We'll continue our, we'll restart our previews. We may have to do two a week to get it in in 35 days. So we met we'll, we'll figure that out on the end, but Syracuse is next and we'll uh, finish off those AC previews. And then hopefully we can do a week out where A, we predict the first week games, but we predict our final, you know, ACC standings. Hopefully we can, you know, get some sort of, we can actually do this for the first time on the pod where we talk ACC football the week before a game. <laughs>